dear Christian friends. I wonder if you've heard the expl explanation, image is everything. It actually usually means in our language, truth and reality are not important. You can achieve your goals, you can get elected, you can make a sale just by looking good. Reality doesn't matter. It's the image that you project that makes you a success. <coughs> the Bible has a word for people who live like this. It's kind of an ugly word. It's called hypocrite. It means pretender. Jesus uses the word when he says to these folks, why do you test me, you hypocrites? Why do you test me, you pretenders? Now the Pharisees and Herodians came to flatter him. They called him teacher. They said he was a man of integrity. They put up a false front as they flatter him and try to trap him. But Jesus turns the tables on them. He shows them that the right image is everything. And we'll sort that out in a few minutes. Now let's take a few minutes to understand who these two groups of people were. The Herodians were officials of the Roman government or Jews who supported the Roman government. Now being part of the Roman Empire had many economic benefits in those days. <coughs> brought things such as good roads, stable money, and peace. There are many practical reasons to support Herod and Pilate, including the fact that Herod had built a beautiful temple to the glory of God. The Pharisees, on the other hand, were the guardians of Jewish tradition and Jewish law. Pharisees were waiting and hoping for a messianic kingdom like David's. And the Roman Empire and those who support it were obstacles to the hopes and dreams of the Pharisees. This is a strange alliance. It's like the conservatives joining with the socialists or Churchill and Stalin getting together about something. Well, it Hatred of Adolf Hitler was that something. And that's very similar to this situation. They have nothing in common except their hatred for Jesus. Now the Pharisees take counsel, seeking ways to test him. They want to trap Jesus in his words. This is very similar to the Senate hearings we just saw going on. The Democrats want to trap uh, Judge Coney Barrett into saying something politically incorrect so they can reject her nomination to the Supreme Court. Now that should worry us because many are those who were concerned were concerned about her as nominee because she's a Christian. They're concerned because she might have some Christian moral principles and especially might be opposed to abortion. But now, back to the Pharisees. Pharisees brought what they thought was a perfect plan. How could it miss? 
It's a perfect plan. It's straight from hell, and it still smells like smoke. They're going to ask Jesus about paying taxes to Rome. You can't answer this question, perhaps, except take the Fifth Amendment. And, of course, they didn't have a Fifth Amendment. If Jesus says, pay the taxes, they'll say that he supports Rome. And if they say he doesn't pay the taxes, the Rhodians will run to Pilate and claim that Jesus is starting a revolution. And if you have any question about what happens to those who revolt against Rome, you can look up in Acts chapter 5, verses 36 and 37 for two examples. Or you could ask a Carthaginian, if you can find one. These are strange bedfellows, the Herodians and Pharisees, and they think that Jesus is the big problem. He threatens their own political and religious security. His popularity exceeds their popularity. When he tells the truth, he exposes their lies. The, where their worldview, their vision, their image of how the world should be is being turned upside down by Jesus. They're worried about image. And the image of God is standing right before them. Reminds you of when Pilate said what is truth. And he could have reached out and touched the ultimate eternal truth, Jesus of Nazareth. Now let's see what Paul says in Colossians about a little of this. He says, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of all creation. That's Colossians 1.15. Let's check 2 Corinthians for a little more information here. They're looking at all the good in the world and all they can see is the threat. That's not 2 Corinthians. They can see what is evil because of Satan, the God of this age, has blinded their minds, the minds of unbelievers, so they cannot see the light of the gospel or the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And before we go any farther here, I want to warn each of us, including myself, don't get arrogant. Don't jump to some conclusion that you and I are better or superior to these folks. We can't see any better than they could. We were also born with the wrong image. Our image is also evil, just as evil as their nature. Remember our ancestor, Adam? He was created in the image of God. Eve. Eve had the same image because she was taken out of Adam. Remember, though, Adam and Eve couldn't leave God's good creation as it was? They listened to that serpent who spoke with Satan's voice. They became sinners and lost their image of God. They let Satan get inside their heads and their hearts and wrecked the image of God. And they could not retrieve it. Adam's son Cain and all his other sons, including these Pharisees and Herodians and you and me, were all Adam's, born with Adam's fallen image. Our knowledge of good and evil was turned upside down. That's why when the Logos, God's word, came to earth and put on flesh to be like us, he seems to be turning everything upside down. 
Remind you of some of Jesus' sayings. Those who will be first, who are first, will be last. And last first. That's from Matthew 19. Whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. From Mark 10. You see what I mean by turning things upside down? Jesus brings us a view of the invisible God. God is spirit, cannot be seen with eyes of flesh. But Jesus shows us the Father. He shows us the work of God in the kingdom of the world. He turns the tables when those he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and then serve the true God. What Jesus is saying is that we need the government to keep sinners and ungodly in check. So give to Caesar what is rightly Caesar's and then serve God, your maker and redeemer. God chooses the work to work through earthly governments. He, he can even work through kings who don't recognize him as God. I want to refer you to our Old Testament reading. Let me... Uh, Read a little bit of it and then comment on it. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, or Israel, I ch my chosen, I summon you by name. Bestow on you a title of honor. Though you have not acknowledged me, I am the God. I am the Lord. There is no other apart from me. There is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me. I quote that from Isaiah 45, chapter, verses 4 and 5. Text from Isaiah, interestingly enough, was written about a hundred years before Cyrus, the Persian king, was born. God knew all about him a hundred years before he was born. God said, I'm going to pick you out. I'm going to make you the king. And I'll give you special strength. A hundred years before you're born, God did all that. He not only uses earthly kings, he puts them on their thrones. He uses them to benefit his children. Remember when Pilate made that boast to the, he would, that he had the power to either release or crucify Jesus? What was Jesus' answer? You have no power over me unless it's given to you from above, Mr. Pilate. The right image shows us God working for our salvation. The right image will hang on the cross. Pilate will make his little silly sign that says that Jesus is king of the Jews in three languages. What a scholar. Pilate missed the point. The God-man hanging on that cross was not just the king of the Jews. He was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. God used Cyrus, Cyrus, king of the Persians, to deliver God's people from captivity and to restore Jerusalem. He used Augustus Caesar to bring Virgin Mary to Bethlehem for the birth of Christ. He granted Pilate the authority to crucify Jesus. And when it all looked like Jesus' enemies had triumphed, that broken, beaten, crumpled body was taken down off the Roman cross and laid in a Jewish grave, the real power of God took over and salvation for the world was the result. Image is everything. It's usually a cynical expression. 
saying the truth really doesn't matter. It comes down to the eternal reality of your relationship with God. And your relationship with God is a profound truth. When the troubles and doubts arise, when sickness and pain depress us, when our conscience accuses us, then images everything. On the cross, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, King of Kings, is the image of the invisible God. And the image you see is the God of the universe and what the God of the universe has done to make us his own. He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all, us all. Praise the Lord. May the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus like the light everlasting. Amen.